what is up hey guys this is uh chase with chase and josh factor fantasy and you are here with us today uh this is our mid-week release where we do the interesting facts with chase so which is me uh so we got a lot to cover today which is going to be pretty cool kind of the idea of this show is it's really almost like a, a special features right so you can only get it if you do uh listen to our podcast unfortunately it's not on youtube uh because this is really like that extra material you guys deserve as we're getting into these bigger books on harry potter uh you know this is really the only way to do it because there's so much interesting facts that can be brought in uh to our show as you guys know our show already runs you know two and a half to three hours on average a lot of times just because there's so much to cover and uh you know and that's still being efficient as it is but right before we kick off here you know uh josh and i went to tampa uh actually you know went down there um got to hang out with you know all the people that were celebrating the super bowl so it was pretty cool being from that city i mean myself you know i'm a atlanta falcons fan so i wasn't exactly i guess rooting for the bucks but i was definitely rooting for tom brady uh, so he is definitely the goat you know, him and Ariana Grande, I would say, have something in common now. They both got seven rings. Breakfast at Tiffany's and bottles of bubbles. <laughs> you know, they both got those that night. That's for sure. So, uh, yeah, I was stoked for the GOAT, man. And by the way, the Super Bowl halftime show was sick. It was pretty awesome. So a lot of people gave me a lot of, I guess, like feedback over it. Because, of course, real quick on Twitter and on my Facebook, I was like... Uh, best halftime show I've ever seen so I mean it probably wasn't the best halftime show ever I just thought it was really good uh of course the people give me feedback they're like Prince was great I do love Prince uh Prince was awesome you know little red Corvette <laughs> he's a classic so you can't you can't beat Prince um but I just thought the choreography with the way The Weeknd did it was awesome I was kind of sad I mean he didn't exactly play the song I wanted him to play uh, but you know, it was okay. I mean, it would have been really hard to play one of my favorites. My favorite is actually Wicked Games, or you know, I thought he was gonna play at least. Ask me if you do this every day. I said often. How many times you rode the wave? Not so often. Yeah, that's that's Tom Brady's song because <laughs> he is the goat. Yeah, actually, on my Instagram, I put Tom Brady with the Super Bowl rings. It was just like, often, often, yeah, I do this often. You know, Bill Belichick is kicking himself right now. But, uh, yeah, guys, we got a lot to get into, so let's go ahead and dive into it, man. Uh, this is good stuff today, so I'll go ahead and kick you guys off with the Malice in the Chalice. Uh, kind of hard to play the great debate card and stuff today, but I'll just say Malice in the Chalice to get us started here. And we got a lot to dive into, uh, so let's go ahead and just dive into it today, okay? So kicking off with our interesting facts here. So you can look all these up. A lot of this information is actually from Pottermore.com, uh, which is really cool. Uh, you can go look that up there. Um, you can really deep dive into the books to get this information. Uh, just you're going to have to really uh, pay close attention on a lot of this stuff. But so uh, first, you know, we kind of kicked off uh, with Order of the Phoenix um, with, you know, you had uh, we were talking about how Argus Filch and Arabella Fig because you know, Arabella Fig, you know, Miss Fig really jumps in there for Harry and really supports him during the hearing. So we were kind of talking about squibs for a little bit. So 
Here's a little bit for you. Known squibs that are registered, that are known, are Angus Buchanan, Arabella Fig, Argus Filch. You know, he's also uh, known as Walter Frey. So if anyone forgets Argus Filch. In uh, Marius Black, uh, Marius Black, a lot of people don't know who that is. He was removed from the Black family tree uh, for being a squib, so he's actually a relative of Sirius. Um, also, the Thurkel brothers, uh, they were in the 17th century, so some of the very first uh, squibs to ever be around. Uh, they are the sons of Thaddeus Thurkel, who was actually a relative and uh he was a relative actually a brother to dolores umbridge um and he had seven sons and what happened was he was so mad that they couldn't do magic he turned them all into hedgehogs um and actually this is uh you know it, you can actually still find him on the chocolate frog cards uh, he was most known for transfiguration so that was really way back there um, actually, it says, so, yeah, he wouldn't have been a brother of Dolores Umbridge. He was a really early ancestor. So I guess one of the youngest, yeah, it was really close. But, yeah, it was right around the 1700s is when this happened. So, yeah, he definitely wasn't a brother, but it's just, you know, that, that's pretty wild. You're going to turn all seven of your sons into hedgehogs because they can't do magic. But so he was not very happy. Kind of what we're going to really dive in today, which is really cool, is um, one of my favorites, uh, favorite, one of my, I guess, favorite characters, I wouldn't really put her in my top top, but is Nymphadora Tonks, and I don't think she gets a lot of credit, uh, because a lot of people don't really know her history, you know. By the way, if you wanted to look up that stuff on uh, Thaddeus and uh, all the facts about him with his seven sons there's actually some easter eggs on him you can find they're in the old school harry potter games so you can find uh, harry potter sorcerer's stone chamber of secrets and azkaban video games he's actually in there on you can do a little side quest on uh, wizard cards and there's a wizard card on him and you can find more information about that but nymphadora back what we were saying so a lot of people don't know uh, she's in the hufflepuff house so, you know, I think Hufflepuff has actually looked over a lot. So, um, for instance, you know, one of my favorite characters of all time is Cedric Diggory, just because of the loyalty he has to his friends. I mean, you know, he was a champion of the Hufflepuff house, got all the way to the third task that we talked about in Goblet of Fire, and really was down there all the way into the end with Harry. Uh, he just, you know, I think, Voldemort took a cheap shot at him with uh, Peter Pettigrew, so uh, with uh, Wormtail. So, I mean, it's just one of those things, unfortunately, that's the way it went. Um, but uh, so I think Hufflepuff has really looked over a lot. And Nymphadora Tonks, right? So she started at Hogwarts actually in 1984. Um, just to, I'll tell you some of her kind of accomplishments leading up to what really got her known but the whole idea behind her history here that i want to bring up is the fact on like how she became an aurora because in order of the phoenix the book that we were talking about you know she was even saying some things like you know i'm clumsy and you know i really wasn't good at, at passing like stealth the stealth test and that sort of thing in aurora training but like what really got her noticed is a big thing that she actually did during her fifth year 
on basically, you know, taking down a whole group on how Death Eaters were recruiting people straight out of Hogwarts. Um, so, and I'll go into that in just a, just a second here. So, in 1984, she was uh, sorted into the Hufflepuff house. In her third year, kind of, I guess, like the first big thing getting her noticed, her first and second years were pretty normal. But in the third year, actually, in Herbology, she, they actually had um, in class, this is kind of cool because it's a little bit ironic, but Professor Sprout was actually teaching during that time. She was just a lot younger, of course. Um, but they actually found a Boggart in one of the Herbology pots um, when they were actually experimenting with mandrakes, uh, you know, we, as we were talking about in Chamber of Secrets, you know, the mandrake cry that's fatal, right? Um, well, what happened was there was a Boggart that was hidden in one of the pots. And, of course, it was Tonks, Nymphadora Tonks, that grabbed the pot just by chance, uh, fated chance, you know, bad luck of the draw, really. Um, so she did, and what happened was the Boggart turned into a werewolf. So that that's really ironic because, as we know, you know, Lupin plays a really big part in her life. A lot of people don't know, too, Lupine is like the Italian root word for werewolf. So a lot of people don't know that, which is pretty cool. Um, and so Professor Sprout uh, was actually able to, she was so, Tonks was basically so shocked by the whole incident because it's, of course, it's not often, <laughs> you know, you're going to get a werewolf from a bogger, no matter what you wind up getting out of there. Um, actually, Professor Sprout actually had to cast a Boggart banishing spell uh, to get rid of it, and then they wound up getting it off of Tonks as it was approaching her. So that actually would be something really wild, really cool to see on screen. If they wind up doing like a Harry Potter prequel or something like that. So me personally, I'm really stoked for the Harry Potter HBO series if they wind up doing it, which right now is being talked and works. And the reason why, guys, I know a lot of people keep saying, no, you beat this series to death. You know, this series is dead. One, we're coming up, you know, hopefully by the time we finish this series, um, you know, whatever month it winds up being, because, you know, things a lot of times take longer than we plan them to be. You know, coming up next year, right around Harry's birthday, is the 10-year anniversary of Harry Potter. So that's pretty amazing. But as we're going back through these movies, I'll just go ahead and say this right now. And I've always loved the movies because I, I love the actors in them, right? Especially Emma Watson. And um, I love the original Albus Dumbledore. Even the newer, newer Albus Dumbledore, you know, is growing on me. But... They just miss so much stuff. Like the entire third task of Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire wasn't even in there, basically. It was completely changed. Take a shot. <laughs> um, or you got even, you know, Order of the Phoenix. Like, it's like everything was so kind of flipped around. Like, you could have done, you know, I think everything just so much more intense. Um, and everything's just very rushed. Uh, for instance, I actually just went back, no spoilers here, and watched, uh, you know, the, one of the final scenes of the film, like one of the greatest battles of all time. And it was done 
like very simplistic is the way they did it on the film and everything could be done just so much better if they did an hbo tv series uh because you can take your time with it you can fit in all the detail and i mean if you really think it would take that long i mean yeah you would have plenty of time to do it being a tv series and if you don't think you have enough material I mean, Josh and I are going through the series right now just on a podcast trying to bridge it, getting stuff done as quick as we can. And we're over here having to put out extended versions because of the detail. And I mean, it's intriguing every time because there's so much, uh, you know, up and downs with Harry Potter that'll keep you, you know, engulfed in this whole universe. And there's so much, even on top of that, you could just add details in there as well, like go find um flashbacks of the marauders uh with james and and lupin and sirius like that's one thing even in the azkaban movie they never even talked about was padfoot prongs uh and any of that so i mean that's like a huge thing mooney padfoot prongs like they never talk about that at all so just going on a little bit of just my thoughts there i think it would be a really good idea i'll try to think of like who i might be thinking would be like a good golden trio. But honestly, I feel like you have to really get new people for this. Um, I was even thinking like, you know, uh, our actress that I really respect is Millie Bobby Brown. I was like, maybe she could be, you know, Hermione Granger. She would be great at that. But at the same time, you got to start from the beginning. So I think honestly, like, even though we've seen Millie uh, grow from starting to do Stranger Things and she's phenomenal, like now she is, uh, she's a young woman now. Well, uh, you know, so, um, she really wouldn't fit that role starting from Sorcerer's Stone because Hermione Granger is supposed to be so young. So, and I just think it's hard. So I feel like you really would have to go get unknowns. You can't sign big name actors for this. It's just going to be one of those things where we would have to grow with those characters again, and it would have to put a new spin on it, but really follow more of the book side. Otherwise, you know, you really are going to have to go do a prequel of, like Josh and I were saying, with, you know, Adam Driver. I think he would have been great to do, like, um, almost like a Half-Blood Prince prequel, right? To go back into his story of things of where he was always back and forth with James and Sirius. Uh, Or you could go do the Marauders. So that would be an excellent idea. Or, I mean, even what I'm about to talk about today, you're gonna kind of be like wow like i didn't even know that was that was the case uh so okay so let's just go into back into where we were so tonks then going into her fourth year uh she actually taught her own self the patronus charm just in her fourth year like taught herself uh what happened and this is gonna play a big note um she actually saved uh two people from a dementor after teaching herself that Patronus charm in her fourth year. The two people she wound up saving were Jacob Sibling and Marula uh, Snide uh, from a Dementor during her fourth year. Um, So uh, here's kind of what happened, right? So let's kind of go into... uh, I'll I'll take you through her years real quick. So in the fifth year for Tonks, Uh, She wasn't a prefect, actually Sprout, that was the leader of the Hufflepuff house at the time, wouldn't make her a prefect because she said she lacked the ability to actually behave properly. 
So I don't know if you're like me, you know, I have trouble focusing sometimes, scatterbrain. Tonks was kind of like that. Um, and I mean, that doesn't mean you're not smart. It just means, you know, sometimes you might get bored or you got other things going on or it's just hard to focus because you got, you know, you're just not really into it, really. Uh, but Tonks did achieve, of course, good marks on all her owls. Uh, and then she actually wound up in taking the newts exam where she uh, received all outstanding or exceeds expectations uh, in those exams, which uh, the newts exams she chose to take. Uh, she did take defense against the dark arts, transfiguration, charms, potions, and herbology. Uh, this was all in her sixth year. And just remember that big moment in the fourth year there, because I'm going to talk about that, and that's going to really play a lot into her Aurora uh, training coming up. So in her sixth year, this is what I'm talking about here, uh, she became what's called a founding member of the one of the original, not uh, the original ones that really set it up, set it up, but she did become a uh, one of the first founders of the Circle of Kana. So uh, what the actual Circle of Kana is. So the Circle of Kana is they would meet at Hogshead Inn, and the leaders were Jacob Sibling, Marula Snide, and Ben Copper. And then what happened was you had Nymphadora Tonks that did uh, join join that party and become a really big part of this organization. Uh, so it was a secret organization founding by those original members I just mentioned. Um, so those original three, Jacob Zibling, Ben Copper, and Marula Snide. The goal was to avenge the, the death of Rowan Kana by fighting the R and locating the final cursed vaults. So a lot of people don't know. This, is, this would be really cool to see on screen, but... The R are kind of like assassins, and, and I don't want to say like assassins, not assassins. They're really like, they're part of a very dark secret um, society uh, based on based on the sorcery with these vaults, right? And actually, it winds up coming out that this is how Death Eaters were recruiting people from Hogwarts. Um and it was basically, you know, they established this because uh, Rowan Arcana wind up dying because of an incident uh, that did occur that was against uh, this group. So R also is known as the Cabal. Uh, it dealt with wizards of arcane knowledge. They used magical artifacts to unlock immortality. Uh, so just like how Voldemort in Sorcerer's Stone, you know, he was drinking the unicorn's blood. So that he would, you know, live forever. But it does take its toll on you. You're not going to be exactly uh, really human at that point. But they were obsessed with this. Uh, they had a lot of political influence. And they actually were known to control and command Dementors to leave their post from Azkaban. So just like we were talking about in the episode on Sunday is, you know... I have a very hard time that Dementors just show up over at, or this was two weeks ago, sorry, that Dementors just show up over in Little Winging for no reason whatsoever. Like, just like Dumbledore was saying. So you're saying either we didn't have control of these Dementors, the Ministry didn't, which that needs to be explained on why that happened, or 
you have Dementors that are being commanded by somebody that are being put in a place um, and they're being controlled, which that needs to be addressed as well, because then the entire universe is at risk at that point. Um, but basically, so the R were discovered and um, were identified by Alistair Moody is what happened. Um, he found letters that were signed with R, the letter R, um, and they had imposed instructions of punishment. They were first written to Jacob Sibling and Patricia Rakepeck. So Jacob Sibling that founded the Circle of Kana, they were originally written to him and Patricia Rakepeck. It is, uh, and of course, you know, you can kind of see that the Dementor, like I was saying, that attacked Nymphador, uh, that attacked Jacob Sibling in Marula in Tonks' fourth year, it is thought was controlled by a member of R. So that is starting to kind of play into her Aurora, why she gets noticed, and they think she can qualify for Aurora training here. Um, so I'm going to, there's a really big, I guess, like, surprise that happens in this whole thing as far as the Circle of Kana goes. Um, but you kind of need to hear exactly like who the known members of R wind up becoming. So the known members of R wind up being Patricia Rakepeck, who we just identified, like who the letters were to. One was to Jacob Sibling, and the other one was to Patricia Rakepeck, signed with the letter of R, which was talked about with the punishment. There is an unidentified dark witch and a wizard in white robes, which we'll talk about him in a minute. Um, the wizard in white robes was Makitoro, and he went to the School of Magic in Japan that we've talked about before on these episodes. Um, he was known for practicing the dark arts. He actually fought Madungus Fletcher at one point and defeated him. Uh, but, of course, he was eventually caught by Aurora's, Aurora's after... Um, you know, basically causing mayhem. Uh, and uh, But he was put in Azkaban, and he was such a good wizard, he did escape Azkaban um, a little bit differently than Sirius Black, but he did. And then he was pursued by Jacob Sibling himself and was apprehended by Aurora's uh, at the forest grave where they set up an actual ambush uh, to catch him. Um, actually... The duel wound up being between uh, Patricia against Jacob Sibling, Ben Copper, and Marula Snide for you. So those three took on Patricia Rakepeck by theself and the White Wizard. Uh, the, so not Gandalf the Grey, <laughs> but it's just called the Wizard in White Robes. Uh, and those two really, um, really uh, dueled off there in that ambush. Uh, and this is what winds up really establishing the circle of Kana here. So uh, here's what happened was the duel wound up resulting in the death of Rowan Kana. Um, so what happened was um, they were fighting Patricia and uh, Jacob. Um, uh, Jacob, so uh, the heroes, here's kind of what happened here was... Um, so they cast it, they were being attacked by uh, Dementors that descended on this fight, 
uh, that occurred. So it was this big, massive duel in the forest that happened. That was between Patricia, Jacob Sibling, Ben Copper, and Marula Snide. Well, what happened was Patricia basically commanded the Dementors, and they descended on the three. Uh, so there was just too much to keep up with. Actually, uh, what happened was um, the heroes wound up casting this Patronus of a lioness that the lioness uh, wound up, you know, galloping around just like how Harry did uh, with his stag over in Little Winging. Um, and then it took out all the Dementors and they were wondering who like commanded uh, this Patronus, right? Um, well, they thought it was from a wizard from uh, from somewhere else, but basically it wound up being revealed that what happened was it was uh, Patricia Rakepeck herself that actually commanded the lionesses, um, the, commanded the Patronus lioness to take out the Dementors that she was controlling at the time, uh, just to really make her really make her look good is what happened. Um, and so Rake Peck um, at the time wound up defeating uh, Ben that was there uh, single-handedly uh, by having like, despite like a valiant effort by Marula and Jacob Sibling um, that was accompanied by Ben, Rake Peck uh, did stun Ben and then uh, also uh, ben attacked was hit was able to hit Patricia with the knocked backs jinx, which basically just like stuns your opponent and knocks him back, right? Well, so what happened here was uh, Patricia deflected uh, the next attack that was immediately followed by Jacob, um, and then Patricia wound up casting Avada Kedavra uh, to shoot back at Jacob while he was on the ground. Um, what happened was Rowan Kana saw that this was being cast at Jacob and she jumped in the way and was immediately struck dead and she laid sprawl on the floor. Um, well, what happened was, uh, you know, this is what really established the circle of Kana. Um, Dumbledore, Albus Dumbledore himself, actually gave the eulogy of Rowan Kana in the Great Hall. Um, and this is all that can be found in all this can be found in Harry Potter Hogwarts mystery, uh, which is cool. Uh, so there was actually a game developed on this whole predicament that happened, right? Um, that deals with the cursed vaults. Well, uh, in, so I know it's a little strange that, you know, you're going to say like, well, why would Patricia cast her own Patronus on her own Dementors? Well, so basically what kept happening was they didn't realize that Patricia was commanding the Dementors at the time, which you wind up finding out later. So she did command the Dementors, um, but basically she didn't want it to be discovered yet uh, that she actually was in control of the Dementors because that would have given insight to that she was it would have basically solidified that members of R could already control the mentors and they didn't know that yet um, also it would have really solidified that she was definitely a member of R 
which uh, she didn't want anyone to know yet. Uh, so that's why she casted her own Patronus um, and got rid of the Dementors. Um, but then she did wind up taking them on on her own is what happened. Um, but because of that, uh, that's also why at Nymphadora Tonks, going back to our original point here, uh, during that fourth year, uh, you, know, th you know, think the man upstairs that she was able to learn how to teach herself the Patronus charm because because of Patricia, uh, it saved Jacob's sibling and Marula uh, from, uh, uh, from a Dementor that Patricia wound up sending on them at Hogwarts, uh, which winds up coming out to be known later. But the whole, you can look this up. This is all in Hogwarts Mystery, which is really cool. Uh, it'd be really amazing to see on screen. Like that battle would just be awesome. Uh, especially the fact of it goes into the cursed vaults. So what the cursed vaults are, there were five legendary hidden rooms at Hogwarts. Uh, each vault had a different curse in it. They were believed to contain prophecies as well as dark magic. Um, Albus Dumbledore has actually mentioned that they were created by all the Hogwarts founders when the school was there. And they were always wondering, well, if the founders that created these vaults, if they were created by the founders, why would these be cursed? Why would these be bad, right? Well, here's what Sir Nearless, Nearly Headless Nick had to say about it, because this is what Jacob got from that after doing research. So Sir Nearly Headless Nick stated, they were most likely originally created to protect something dangerous that was wanting to take advantage of the floor plans of Hogwarts in the castle. So you know how they always say, uh, in the film, I guess one iconic line of the film in Sorcerer's Stone is, uh, I think it was Percy, he said, you know, be careful of the staircases. They like to change when he was a prefect. Well, the whole idea of these cursed vaults was they basically could hide in dark prophecies and treasures um, that will, you know, unfortunately, they could, you know, almost like the Baskalisk, like uh, in Chamber of Secrets, like really hide something that could really affect people, like whether it was dark magic that could overtake people um whether i don't like to use the word possession i think that's weird um but you know whether it causes them to do something bad you know you could basically um have dark creatures in there that would be hitting that no one would know about as far as the floor plan um that are hitting in the chambers uh, so it really relates to all this so it's a really interesting idea as far as that goes um uh, so, Fornabras Bartholomew, uh, so inspired uh, the Circle of Kana to wind up researching the vaults, and um, he wound up actually getting the other professors involved in the school. Um, so during the process, basically what happened, uh, this is how uh, Patricia wound up really being going or turning over to the team of r which is uh r is of course you know really that dark magic um i don't want to say like assassin's creed <laughs> like assassin uh but like really that dark group that was recruiting death eaters well she became obsessed with the vaults and um 
and a number of the professors that were actually in the circle of Kana. And uh, one of the vaults is actually the vault of fear. And she became basically obsessed with it. Um, and so for a long time, they didn't even know if Patricia was a member of R, which is kind of like what happened during this whole battle scene. Like they didn't, they hadn't confirmed yet that Patricia was part of R. So, um, you know, but basically she became obsessed with it and uh, wound up going over to, I guess in the words of uh, Yoda, the dark side is strong in this one. <laughs> to do or to not, there is no try. <laughs> yeah, so that's basically what happened with her, right? Jacob actually um, was eventually expelled, Jacob sibling, for his involvement uh, in finding the vaults because he actually became obsessed with it too at one point. So this is almost like the whole Lord of the Rings thing, how you can become addicted to the ring, right? Um, well, he became so obsessed with finding these vaults that it actually endangered members of the school at one point um, when he came across uh, the Vault of Cursed Ice and he actually unleashed a spell in the vault on accident that spread basically like a blizzard throughout the entire school of Hogwarts. Um, and a lot of people could have really died over it. So no one was hurt. Uh, so everyone was okay. Um, but, um, you know, and actually Minerva McGonagall uh, had a, a big part in this uh, for Jacob's sibling where he was expelled. Um, but basically a lot of people could have gotten hurt. So that led to his expulsion. Uh, and they wound up, you know, kicking him out. Um, but actually Minerva McGonagall said the vault of cursed ice, uh, was originally created without being tampered with, but then someone did tamper it, um, because they were trying to, uh, basically defend something, uh, that could be hidden in one of the other vaults that not necessarily a monster, but could very well be very dark, dark magic um, that would cause a big threat to Hogwarts later on. Uh, the next one, so the Vault of Fear. This is the second vault. Remember the one I was saying Patricia basically became obsessed with. Uh, the Vault of he Fear is actually hidden behind a bookcase in the restricted section. Um, they found three ancient boggarts inside, ancient ones, not just ones that are just found there. The vault can only be opened with a broken wand and in the vault when it was open they actually found a map of the forbidden forest and a broken arrow um which uh if you look up the harry potter game um uh i think it's called uh cursed mysteries what's the uh sorry harry potter hogwarts mystery this is like all of that so you'll have to play that game or just do some research on it and you'll see all this really in depth uh, but basically, that plays a big role into later. And then they wind up heading out to where, remember we talked about in Chamber of Secrets, uh, not Sheila, but Aragog. So Aragog wasn't there at the time, but it did take them out to the Acromantula uh, uh, layer. So like where all the tarantulas and everything are at in the Forbidden Forest, that's where they wound up going out to. And that's where they wound up uh, finding the next vault. Uh, so it was actually, um, and, and that was the uh, forest vault is the one they found there in the Forbidden Forest. The next vault 
so that one is actually a buried vault underground. Um, and actually it is, uh, so this is the, uh, so the vault in the forbidden forest, uh, where they have the tarantula, the acromantula, uh, layer there, that vault is actually buried underground. It was originally discovered that it was out there in October 31st, 1981 by Jacob, uh, and Patricia Rakepeck, because this is before they knew she had, uh, betrayed, basically betrayed everyone. And then the circle of, uh, Kana was founded and they thought she possibly could have been working for R, but they discovered it in October 31st, 1981. It was guarded by a dragon. So they actually didn't manage to even get past it. That's how Patricia wound up being coming, becoming obsessed with the vault of fear. Um, the group didn't manage to defeat the dragon at all, but they wound up returning, uh, in 1989. So this is nine years later, defeated the dragon. And this is when rake Peck revealed her true plan. Uh, to wind up killing students and betray everyone at Hogwarts, which um, was a lot, a lot later on. Um, so that was even after, you know, the Circle of Kana was wound up founded after, uh, you know, Patricia wound up getting in that major duel and everything there. Um, and then the fifth vault was actually the Sunken Vault. This is really cool because we were talking about the Goblet of Fire and the Great Lake and how... Uh, you know how you had Victor Crumb and uh, the Derman uh, Strang guys like came up through that whole whirlpool like a tornado and almost like that Pirates of the Caribbean pirate ship. Uh, but the fifth and final vault is under the Great Lake. It's actually located in the mouth of a statue of a giant squid. So down where Harry was doing the second task, uh, the vault um, was made. This is really cool because if any of y'all actually listened to my rewrite on Game of Thrones a while back, uh, Arya kind of had an experience like this in the house of uh, white and black, where and it's not black and white, but uh, white and black, where she went over to, you know, west of Westeros and all that. So you'll have to check that out because it's funny. It's very similar, and I didn't plan this at all. But the whole idea of this vault is it makes the people that open it relive their worst previous memories. Um, and this is where, you know, Patricia Rakepeck actually wound up uh, being ambushed by a Jacob sibling um, when she was trying to open this vault. So um, this is when kind of everything, this was after the forest and all that. Uh, so this is when everything was already they knew she was a betrayer at this point. Um, so Patricia Rapek went to open the vault and get there first, and she was fought off by Jacob. Uh, but then the vault was uh, sealed again and revisited later. And actually, this plays a big role. Uh, so the person that actually wound up fighting her off uh, was Nymphadora Tonks. So let me tell you the timeline here, because this can get very confusing. So here's the timeline for you. So the timeline is you have five cursed vaults that are trying to be discovered and uh, basically sealed so they can never be used again. Jacob discovers vaults one through four that we just mentioned. So that's all the vaults as in, just to tell you these vaults one more time, just so you can see what vaults one through four are. 
so vaults one through four is you have just a second here so you had I'm making sure they're in order for you yeah you have the ice the cursed ice vault you have the vault of fear the forest vault and then you had the buried vault which is the very uh sorry yeah so uh, i had yeah no so let me make sure that's five for you because you only discovered four so one two three four five yeah sorry i skipped a vault so you had the the forest vault that you had was under like the tarantula the ancromantula mantula layer there and then the buried vault was the one actually underground that was discovered in October 31st, 1981 by Jacob Patricia Rakepeck and uh, Peter Pettigrew that was guarded by a dragon that they wound up defeating in 1989 and getting past it. So that was a separate vault. So the, fir uh, the first four vaults that Jacob discovered were the Cursed Ice Vault, then you had the Vault of Fear, and then you had the Forest Vault. And then you also had the buried vault where you had the dragon there. The last vault was the sunken vault, which was the fifth vault. So the timeline here, just so everything makes sense, because it's a lot going on. Uh, you have the five, five vaults. Jacob discovers vaults one through four. So once again, that's the cursed ice vault, the vault of fear. You have the, uh, the vault of fear, and then you have the forest vault. And then the sunken vault. So that's the cursed ice vault, vault of fear, uh, and then the buried vault, and you also have uh, the forest vault. So um, those four, uh, those were discovered. And then the discovery of the fifth vault, which was the sunken vault, that wound up uh, leading. That's where you know Patricia's betrayal was discovered at that point, um, and. Uh, like it was discovered that she was betrayed and and right before that where you had kind of the the forest incident and when they were going back and forth trying to open the forest vault uh that's when rowan Kana winds up dying um because patricia uh betrayed the group and you know she conjured that lioness patronus acting like she wasn't controlling dementors at the time and uh, what happened was Jacob tried to take her on along with uh, Ben and Patricia was about to take on Ben after defeating Jacob and then when she was shooting the Avada Kedavra curse at Jacob that's when Rowan Kana jumped in the way and then the circle of Kana was formed um, then shortly after that that's when Marula was attacked by Dementors at the school and this is where Tonks come in comes in in her fourth year and uh, she winds up uh, saving uh, Marula and Jacob's sibling that jumped in there to try to help Marula but wasn't doing anything, uh, winds up saving them both from the Dementor attack. And that's when Tonks becomes a member of Kana. So this really started her whole Aurora background there. Um, Tonks wound up finding, uh, wind up going to get the, try to close the sunken vault um, with uh, Marula and uh, Jacob is what happened. And so she went down to do that, and that's when they were ambushed by Patricia that had an ambush already set up. Tonks by herself, because Patricia didn't take into account uh, all of Tonks' ability, 
wound up defeating Patricia in the battle. So she didn't kill Patricia, but she wound up defeating her off. Uh, the vault was uh, resealed. And um, also Tonks was the one that wound up fighting off the wizard in white robes. That was with Patricia at the time. And he's the same one that escaped Azkaban, uh, where they actually had to have that ambush later on with the Roars uh, to make sure he didn't get out again, because that was his goal. Uh, so he was actually even more powerful than Patricia, in my opinion. Um, the members of the Circle of Akana were Jacob Sibling, Ben Copper, uh, Marula Snide, Andy Igloo, uh, Bagdia Ali, Barnaby Lee, Charlie Weasley, uh, Diego Kaplan, Ismelda Merck, Jay Kim, Liz Tuttle, and Nymphadora Tonks. Also, you had uh, Penny Haywood, Talbot Winger, and Tulip Karasu that also contributed to that group as well. Um, uh, then, so that's really what wound up making Tonks's big training there. It actually wound up finding out later, unfortunately, um, Marula wound up betraying the group. And after Patricia uh, was defeated by Tonks. Uh, so Marula wound up betraying the group and they found out that she was being recruited by a dark witch who is still unidentified today. Um, and actually, there are some quotes in here that are really cool. Um, but this was... Uh, as you know, they were still trying to reseal that final vault um, that was in the sunken vault in the Great Lake. And Marula uh, basically was being recruited by this dark witch and kind of like Anakin Skywalker. You may try, wound up giving in to the dark side. Um, so it was actually even quoted in here that she said, I vow to leave Hogwarts behind and follow in the footsteps of R, said Marula. The witch promised your wish fulfilled. Your fulfillment is only the beginning. And the witch apparated away. Jacob's sibling lay shocked and watching in horror. So this was right when they were trying to seal uh, the vault in the Great Lake, like right outside the lake. Um, all this happened in their final attempt, which is why that final vault, it was resealed, but no one knows if the curse was ever broken in there. All the other ones, uh, the curse were defeated, but... Basically, it's kind of a story where it really develops Tonks' training here because she played such an important role. They almost defeated all of R uh, by their self. Um, but unfortunately, you know, Death Eaters were able to still recruit members from Hogwarts through that because uh, Marula betrayed the group at the end after you already had that betrayal from Patricia. So it was just like a story where almost like the good guys can't win. Uh, so it would be amazing to see on screen, though. Um, uh, so uh, now that we're kind of past uh, uh, that, so when Tonks goes into Aurora training, um, she had three years of Aurora training with Alistair Moody, and she qualified to be an Aurora in 1994. Uh, the Aurora training course, it's three years, uh, and it was established uh, uh, established originally by Minister Eldritch Diggory, who is an ancestor of Cedric Diggory between 1733 and 1747. He was head of the British Ministry of Madrick. Um, he started the proposal to have Dementors removed as guards from Azkaban of fear that the two, it was too cruel a punishment and that they could not be trusted, just like Albus Dumbledore was saying. 
Uh, Eldritch wound up dying, though, in 1747 of dragonpox. And at this time, his committee, uh, the committee following him, the administration, wound up, um, unfortunately, you know, putting back in place um, Dementors and, and basically shot down the proposal that Dementors needed to be removed. Uh, but it was his idea that Dementors needed to be removed and disbanded um, uh, and he was the British Minister of Magic. Uh, so as far as their uh, Aurora training goes though, uh, they have aptitude tests. There is a background check from the ministry and the training includes concealment and disguise, stealth training, which Tonk said she had trouble with, uh, poisons and antidotes, one-on-one -on -one dueling, detecting traces of dark magic, and magical jurisprudence, which is basically like magical law. Like, what is the magical law? Like, what can we do here? Almost like reading your Miranda rights if you get arrested. Like, they have to know all that stuff so that uh, an Aurora arrest can be made properly. So I just thought that was really cool on, like, the background of Tonks. Like, people don't realize the respect she really deserves in a lot of this stuff um so that just really needs to be noted which is is really cool um and also you know a lot of people don't know about the circle of kana and basically like how death eaters were recruiting people straight out of hogwarts and how they were trying to shut it down but it never really got shut down because you had this whole back and forth almost like operations on the inside like 2221 jump street <laughs> like the channing tatum movie and jonah hill like it was all operating from the inside that they were trying to keep quiet but it just still never uh never got defeated with these cursed vaults and everything that was just going on like there was uh, so much involvement in that that a lot of people don't know of um just a few other extra like cool interesting facts here so walberga black you know, we talked about her on that portrait. Um, she's Sirius's mother. She was around from 1925 to 1985. She married her second cousin, Orin, gave birth to Sirius November 3rd, 1959, and gave birth to Regulus in 1961. Um, Regulus, of course, was his mother's favorite because he followed the traditional traditions. Uh, it was originally told, like we were saying before, Regulus died because he tried to leave the Death Eaters. Um, so I'm just going to let you remember that. After the disownment of Sirius and the death um, deaths of Regulus, um, the rumor was she basically went mad because so many in her family that were close to her had died and she put a curse on the portrait uh, to basically remind that family forever of their traditions um just regulus black i'm not going to tell you how he actually died i know exactly how he actually died um the true way you know a lot of people think he was killed by death eaters or voldemort and i know exactly what happened but we're actually going to save that for half blood prince and you'll find out then so stay tuned there do not forget because this plays a huge part the locket Josh and I were mentioning a couple weeks ago that's in uh, 12 Grimwald's place because that plays a huge moment there. Do not forget that locket. If you all have already seen or read Deathly Hallows, you know that 
plays a big role. Um, so which is why you're going to find out a lot of this later. Uh, and we'll save that for then. Um, the Black family tapestry, though, it was made in the 13th century. Um, the first member of the Black family on the tree was Licorice Black. Uh, he lived in 1820. Um, and then he actually put a permanent sticking charm on the tapestry uh, just so that way basically it can never be removed uh, from that house um, known members that were burnt off were eduardo uh, arduardus uh, lament black it's still unknown why he was burnt off uh, lola black though was burned off for marrying muggle bob hitchens uh, cedrella black uh, married septimus weasley which you know the weasleys are considered traitors so she was burned off uh, phineas black uh, he supported Muggle rights, so they burned him off the tapestry. Marius Black was a squib, so they just burnt her off the tapestry right away. Andromeda, we did talk about Tonks' mother, uh, married Ted Tonks, so she was burned off, who was, um, you know, Tonk Ted Tonks was a Muggle, and they supported also a lot of Muggle rights. Um, Sirius Black, of course, his disownment. And then you had Alfin Black, who was caught giving serious gold uh, that we did talk about during his disownment, and he was burned off. Uh, the Goblin family, I did look this up, how they were talking about uh, the Goblin family that was murdered. Arthur Weasley was talking about it. It occurred in 1970 in Nottingham, England. All that's known about this is that basically they rose up against Voldemort in a regiment. Um, so it was like a big group of them. It wasn't just really like a family, but... Uh, Voldemort just slaughtered all of them so it doesn't say how I don't know if he used Avada Kedavra what happened but uh, this occurred in 1970 and that's all the information on it um, Melissa Bagnold here's another cool fact is she served as the British Minister of Magic from 1963 to 1990 uh, and the reason I bring this up is because she was most notably known as the minister during James and Lily's death after Voldemort's downfall during the first Wizarding War. And the most, uh, one of the other most known events is she was actually really known, um, uh, well, I'll, and I'll tell you something she did that was controversial, but she was really most known as well, other than that, uh, she was the minister during the event where Igor Kakarov, Rebastian Bellatrix Lestrange, and Bartimich Crouch Jr. were tried in Azkaban and then also when Sirius Black was falsely accused. Um, Melissa uh, Bagnold was sorted into Ravenclaw House. Controversially, um, she doesn't get a lot of respect because actually after James and Lily died and Voldemort was first put down from power. Um, so during the first Wizarding War, after they thought they defeated him and he went into hiding. Um, so they had, uh, this, they had a lot of riots and stuff that broke out. Uh, kind of, I guess, can relate today to some of the issues going on. But um, they had a lot of like riots and celebration, and a lot of them wound up, you know, causing really, um, uh, I'm not like graffiti. I guess you can say like graffiti and stuff, but basically uh, causing a lot of damage to buildings of the ministry is what happened, um, and do out of out of control celebrations. And Bagnall actually defended it and uh, said they have a right to party 
because they did you know so they, it took such an effort to bring Voldemort down that first time and you know there were riots that they were throwing things through buildings and that sort of thing so and uh, Melissa Bagnall took the whole hit for it um, so she doesn't have a very good reputation with the ministry just because of you know lingering sides that she took um, during the whole thing uh, Puffskin remember we were talking about how they found kind of all those creatures in 12 Grimwald's place and remember uh, Sirius even gets bit uh, by one of those creatures like in the dustbin at one point uh, so like Puffskin is a small magical beast covered in soft fur uh, spherical in shape it's also found as a popular wizarding pet it's a scavenger it eats a leftover spiders um, it does have hair uh, magical properties are often used for potions um, it does have a few different breeds uh, one of the breeds is Appaloosa Puffskin uh, it's actually bred illegally and is only found in New York actually so uh, there is a banged Puffskin uh, that's bred illegally to give them fangs all of these illegal breedings are actually due to the 1965 ban on a spare experimental breeding that was put into place and there's a pygmy puff that is a miniature pygmy pygmy <laughs> i guess you kind of hear about more like later on from fred and george but um i was almost going to go into creatures history but we're not creature just know what i will say about this is creature has actually a very vast amount of history and it deals a lot with regular regulus black which is why we're going to save this for later and we're going to save it for half blood prints but all i'm going to say is don't forget that locket uh, don't forget that locket uh creature or regulus black because they actually do play a really big role on some things you've never heard of and we're going to bring that up in half blood prints um just some last uh few kind of final facts for you so uh todger's purr that was on the black family tapestry you know, uh, Josh didn't know what that meant. That actually just means always pure in French. Uh, so all my uh, people from France, all my friends over there, I'm sure you probably knew what that was. <laughs> so uh, feel free to chime in any time. You could have let me know because, um, you know, you guys on, on, on the French language are a lot better than I am. Um, <laughs> Phineas Neglius. That's, I remember Sirius was talking about his ancestor that was the least popular headminister at Hogwarts. Um, so the reason he was most hated was because he hated, he couldn't stand Muggleborns. And actually, he constantly went into refute and contradiction with Albus Dumbledore. Um, being in contradiction with Albus, uh, he did everything in his power to support the expulsion and uh, basically to get rid of all Muggleborns that were at Hogwarts. And Albus Dumbledore had a big refute with him uh, and didn't stand for it. And uh, it stuck with, you know, Phineas's reputation from then on. So he is, from then, he is the least popular headminister that's ever been at Hogwarts. Um, Armenta Mephulia, uh, she was one of Sirius's, uh, she was Sirius's aunt. Uh, you know, she tried to make muggle hunting legal. <laughs> so that's one reason she was awful and Sirius couldn't stand her. Um, Sirius's aunt, Elidora, 
She actually started the family tradition of beheading the house elves, which is why in 12 Grinwald's place, you see the half elves' heads, like they considered it basically an honor to be hung on the wall. Well, she was the one that started that, um, and she would start beheading them when they were too old to carry tea trays. So basically, like, if they were too old to do anything, almost like, you know, they just put them down, which was awful, absolutely horrible. Um, Andromeda talks, uh, just not much about her, but just uh, she actually, I just want to let you know, she actually was in the Slytherin house, ironically, which is pretty cool. Uh, 1951 to 1955, um, a sniff box. So this is remember when um, Sirius was bitten by that box and it started swelling up with venom and things. So it was a it's a just a decorative box that often contains powder called snuff in the form of smoking tobacco. Um, and then the work cap powder is pulverized magical substance that causes the skin of a person who touched it to turn thick into hard crust. Uh, it's also used in potions such as like fire protection potion. So like you see when Sirius got bit, that's why his hand had a lot of problems. Uh, so just like some interesting facts there. Uh, like I said, I was saying a couple weeks ago, you know, these episodes aren't gonna run um, near as long as our, our normal episodes that we drop on uh, Sunday guys and record for you guys on Sunday. I eight forty five a.m. But this is like your midweek kind of your extra special. Uh, I guess you want to say your you know the special features for you, right? Like kind of like that extra extended edition. Like this is the extended part you can listen to because there's just so much, so many facts and so many cool things uh, that we can talk about that are out of these books. But you know they're so in detail. We do have to put the major stuff in there. Uh, when we do our show on Sunday. So, so guys, with that, uh, just once again, thanks so much for everything you do for us. You know, uh, follow us on Instagram and Facebook. Uh, leave us a review. It really means a lot to us. All those reviews you leave and all the downloads, it doesn't go unnoticed. We see every single one. Um, uh, me on Instagram, you know, RBROW129, that's me. Uh, Jay Nelly, you can follow him on Instagram as well. Uh, you got us at official ridiculous Patronus. You can follow us there on Instagram. Uh, as far as our Facebook, we do have, uh, you know, Chase and Josh Factor Fantasy. You can follow us on Facebook, even Twitter. You can follow me at rbrow129 or at official ridiculous Patronus. Uh, Josh and I are there. So with that, guys, um, you know, this has been another ridiculous, <laughs> ridiculous production. I can't say Chase and Josh because Josh is, uh, enjoying his week this week this is a a chase interesting facts special (laughs) this is chase from chase and josh factor fantasy signing off